Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Wednesday. Back from our excursions. Thank you so much for putting up with yesterday's on the road. We've been talking a lot about the idea of sacrifice. It's so critical that we start to value it, especially at the micro level. Because if we don't, we're always going to be embittered by it. If we are always waiting to see what the results are of our sacrifice, then we put ourselves in a position that can lead to tremendous bitterness. You see people like this, unfortunately, who spend a big portion of their early lives as givers whether they were involved with, you know, governmental work or uh, nonprofits. I see this, unfortunately, I don't want to say too often, but I see this more than I'd like to. People that spend uh, a good portion of their lives in the nonprofit world and end up being very bitter people. They're wonderful people. God bless them. And I'm sure that they have a tremendous, tremendous sort of like portfolio of things that they've accomplished in the real world. Like, I mean, like the spiritual world, but they don't get to enjoy it. They've sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed. And there is this sense of waiting for the results of their sacrifice that doesn't end up coming. And so there's a bitterness that forms there is a sense of they didn't get theirs. See, this with parents, kids don't deliver what they want. Sometimes the kid doesn't um, go in the way of their parents, or sometimes the kid marries and is closer to the, the in-laws. You ever see this before? And there's a bitterness. Now I'm let's 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 x out let's accept out the pain. It's all f- normal human stuff. There's a pain of not seeing one's family. There's a pain in not being able to take care of one's family when you've taken care of everybody else. There's a pain. Okay. That's called life. I'm talking about the bitterness. The bitterness of I've what have I gotten for my sacrifice? Right. This for the there's this was a vacation week for a lot of the yeshiva schools. I'm sure in every I'm sure you're going to hear this <laughs> across the board. You know, the kid comes back and like something goes wrong on the flight home. This is the worst vacation ever. They don't have kids like this where like you could they could be having the best time. You could have done everything possible, but like, you know, on the way home, there's a challenge. Everything gets thrown into that challenge, and mom and dad go, This is why we took you away. You don't appreciate it. For real. There could be a bitterness there when mom and dad go to bed that night. That they took all their kids away, spent all this time, effort, and money, and they don't appreciate it. Right, sacrifice could lead to bitterness. Now, the real only way to accomplish great things is to sacrifice. There really is no other path of accomplishment outside sacrifice. 
there's strategic sacrifice. Doesn't mean you have to always be, as they say, a shmata. Doesn't mean you have to always be uh, giving beyond what you can. It doesn't mean that you have to make other people dependent on you. It doesn't mean that you have to always be in pain. You can be efficient in your sacrifice. You can be strategic in where you place your sacrifice. In fact, many times we, we are inefficient with our sacrifice. And so as opposed to going all in on a few relationships, we end up really sprinkling it to anything and everyone, especially now. You know, this is like the classic, and I'm not saying they do this. This is like the classic family member that goes on vacation and spends half the time, you know, interacting with like 40 friends. Like, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's your trip? How's your trip? Picture, send, send, picture, right? As opposed to actually being with the people that she's on vacation with or he's on vacation with, right? You can sacrifice your time, effort, and energy to maintain 40 relationships as opposed to like the three or four that are right in front of you. So I think you have to be strategic with your sacrifice. Sometimes it's a lot harder to stay positive in a in one or two relationships than it is to stay a little bit positive in 10 relationships. But there really is no other path. Like really, there is no other path to achieving greatness without sacrifice. And in fact, there is no other way to bring out the power of your soul without sacrifice. If you look into the, into the, into the world of spirituality, into the wisdom of Kabbalah. There's a concept that we've mentioned here before called Na'ama di Kisufa, which means the bread of shame, where God created a world, literally, for the sole purpose of giving mankind the ability to earn a relationship. Because when you're connected to the divine and it's too easy, you didn't earn it, but when it's less easy and you earn it, that's when it feels amazing. The whole concept of feeling amazing almost always comes after our decision and our ability to sacrifice something. There isn't another path. There isn't an easy way out. There isn't a get rich overnight or get your money back or, and you can afford it in three easy installments of $29.99. That's why that stuff is on at two o'clock in the morning. Because in the daytime, nobody buys that stuff. But at two o'clock in the morning, if you're still up, that looks really good. Why wouldn't I want to lose weight by, by morning? And I get my money back if there's just someone who will pick up the phone. And it's only $29.99. And it's five easy installments. Like, why wouldn't I learn how to, like, trade rare coins you know, because that's apparently what's going to be going on now, because somebody on TV told me that gold is coming back and I want in. Why would I work hard for my dollar? I can get it easy by letting somebody else give me all the secrets, because apparently he wants to share that because he's doing it for the goodness of his heart. And I'm going to be a rare coin collector and I'm going to learn how to do it with a workbook. And five easy installments of $29.99. This whole concept of this, like, there's another way. There is no other way. Now the question is how? But remember, and this is the most important piece 
if we're expecting results, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position of potentially being embittered. And that's maybe even worse. Because bitter, being bitter is hard. It's hard. When you see people that are struggling and in pain, that's one thing. When you see people that are bitter, bitter is hard. That's, it's hard to break out of. It's hard to engage with. And then they hit a spiral where people just don't want to be around them. And then that makes them more bitter. And I don't know how they got this way. When they were younger, they were just so free and open. And what happened was they gave, they sacrificed for others and others didn't deliver back for them. And if you do that a couple of times, you start losing faith in humanity. They've heard the expression, no good deed goes unpunished one too many times and they believe it. They look up and say, where are you, God? I thought this was the right answer. Why don't you see what I see? They feel taken advantage of. I don't blame them. And I'm not judging them, God forbid. I'm just sharing with you one of the great pitfalls that will come in our way when we're trying to grow in the area of sacrifice, which is the path to our personal greatness. And so when we think about these concepts, we have to understand that we have to do them in the right way. We're dealing with real energy here. We're talking about like real stuff. And if we get to a place where we wake up in the morning and we start to be people that are looking for the sacrifice, that are not going to be okay with the day off, that are going to have the vacation day, if you will, and look at the vacation day and say, well, I know I'm on vacation, but like, what am I going to do all day? Nothing. Let me see what I can do. Let me just leave someone a message. Let me, let me try to read something I don't understand. Let me, let me do something that could push me a little bit today. Because if I'm up and I got the ability and I don't push myself a little bit in an area that is meaningful and valuable that I really lost an opportunity, I don't care if the calendar tells me that it's a random Monday or that it's a Memorial Day. I don't care if I'm supposed to be off today. Why in the world is that an excuse to not be great? Because there's some holiday I don't really keep, but everyone else has a day off. Because the banks are off so that I'm off for the day? No way. I want to be great today. I don't want to take the day off. God has to command us to take a day off. He tells us that we have a Sabbath. He's telling us, no, 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 no. Stay, stay home. He's making us. Because if God doesn't make us take off, we should be like, I'm not taking off. My eyes are open. What? What? I'm going to be the same person that I was yesterday? Why? I could be better today. Okay, I need rest. I need to be a human being. But like, why am I taking the day off? There are no days off in greatness. There are no days off when you're striving for something more, when you have one life to live, when you, when you see things that matter to you and you want to get them so badly. The days off come when we have no goals. Days off come when we're walking around in circles. Days off come when our whole goal is to get to the weekend. TGIFers take days off. 
TGIFers. That is the worst four letters that I've ever heard. Thank God it's Friday. If you're saying it for Shabbat, I'm all in. But that's not how most people say it. They say it as if like their life, they're happy that their life is over. Because for five days a week, they work. And so they don't like doing that, but they have no choice. And as opposed to trying to find a way to make work meaningful and exciting or to do something else during the week that could make their evenings more meaningful. And for those of you who know, I'm going to go back to my favorite book, which some of you bought already, which I really appreciate. Flow. He, he writes about the worst thing you can be doing. The worst thing you can be doing to increase excitement and joy and happiness in your life is on non-work time, do passive activities that people design for you. That is the worst if you work hard and you've got a couple hours at night and on the weekend a little bit, and you spend the time passively watching things, that's like I chicks into Mihai's research. You get hooked into this world. So here's where we go to. Now we got to go to the next level. We were at the place of giving. Giving stemmed, we said, from the word of hode. Now we're moving on to the next trait. This is the trait that is associated with the world of Joseph. Joseph was the man. Was he not the man? 30 years old, ran the world's food production, saved basically. He saved the world. Egypt was the epicenter of civilization. They were about to have seven years of famine. They had no idea it was coming. Joseph stepped up, interpreted the dream, took seven years of plenty, saved the food. So when the famine began, they had what to eat, and so did their neighboring countries. Can you imagine? He saved the world from hunger at 30 after being in jail for a crime he didn't commit for the previous 10 years, and then sold by his brothers at 18 years old, having lost his mom by the time he was 10. How's that for rags to riches story no but joseph is the greatest joseph is associated with this trait that we're getting into right now this is what stems and what flows from the world of sacrifice the word in hebrew is called yesod in english it translates really it doesn't translate well enough but we're going to use it from the concept of foundation foundation what is the foundation of our lives when when we think about for those who who spent years in real estate i spent much of my career in real estate you understand that there's nothing that nothing in building compares to the foundation so much of the work in producing Good real estate comes down to the ability to understand the foundation and to build the right foundation that one needs in order to be able to build a huge building or a large opportunity. This It's all, and I have friends of mine who would drive these pillars into the ground to find, you know, the bedrock underneath the water and they would have to drive these piles into the ground i had one friend of mine i'll never forget who had a deal that he bought a piece of land he was about to put on 
uh, a building on it. And as they drove the piles into the ground, they realized that they misjudged where the piles rested. And he basically blew his whole deal because the foundation wasn't, he didn't know how deep the foundation was. The stuff we do every single day, the little stuff, that's resting on something. The things that make me feel happy and sad, you know, that, that you know, the little moments where I'm like, oh, that felt good or that didn't feel good. Whether I see the world as TGIF, thank God it's Friday, or TGIM, thank God it's Monday. Whether I'm excited for my week or I'm happy my week is over. Whether the core of my day is when I am passive or the core of my day is when I'm active. When I, when I think about what, not like my intention to be happy, the natural stuff that makes me happy, the natural stuff that makes me disempowered, the natural stuff that makes me empowered, the ability to sacrifice, the ability to give. When I think about all the things that we've spoken about, all that stuff rests on something. It rests on a foundation. The foundation is what supports our lives. The foundation is what allows us to go up to the top penthouse and put in a beautiful new bathroom, which we would decide, we would we would interpret as go to this part of my life and choose to sacrifice. It's the foundation that allows us to find that person and give beyond ourselves. It's the foundation that's within us that is going to determine whether or not we are actually going to execute on our dreams or not. When we walk around, think about it. What's going on in our mind is really based on our foundation. And some of us were given an incredible foundation. And our instincts are actually instincts of greatness. We don't know how we got it. We watched it. That's how we got it. We had that person in our lives growing up that either were related to or was in our lives because of school or because of our neighborhood or community. We had people and that, that showed us things along the way and created the neuroplastic exposure that we needed and created a foundation that, I don't know, I just, that's just me. It's not just you. Somebody gave you. Somebody gave you foundation. Me and you are built to take. We're built to be selfish. And we're not built to have the easy access into our soul. You got to work to borrow a hole into your soul. Somebody along the way showed you something that allowed you to build a foundation in which we build our lives on. But if there are parts of our lives that are not complete, it could be not because of the floor that we're operating in. It could be, it could be because there's something at the foundation that's cracked. And that's what we gotta talk about. Because when you get into the world of sacrifice, what that does, it starts to question what you believe in most because you're not really going to sacrifice for things that don't have its roots at the core. You know, tonight begins the holiday called Tubishvat. Tubishvat is a holiday that usually was the only, uh, usually if you, if you look at the diaspora Jewish experience, we, we seem to have missed this one. Although for those of you who grew up and they went to a, a yeshiva, usually you had like a bag, for those who remember, like with like boxer and other fruits that were completely inedible. If you if you grew up in Israel, it's an agricultural holiday. It's the, the holiday of the trees. It celebrates the agriculture and the and the revitalization of 
of the ground and the trees, which then ultimately leads to spring. But it's a much deeper holiday than that. And let's, let me just leave you a taste and tomorrow we'll maybe we'll spend some more time on it. You can't really play on the branches until you understand the roots. It's a holiday of foundation. If you want a tree to survive in winter, it's got to have strong roots. Nobody looks and goes, oh, interesting. Look at the branches. It must be from the branch. The answer is no. Draw it down into the ground and find the roots because the foundation is what ultimately gives the power to the fruits. And that's what we're celebrating. You don't see any trees tomorrow, even in Israel, even in warmer climates, maybe in some warmer climates you do. Maybe in Florida, you've seen palm trees all the time. But if you, the people that actually have seasons, right? In Florida, like winter is like 72. Like for, for, the, for those of us who have seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, you don't see the trees coming back to life until spring, 86 today. It's 86 in Florida today, by the way, for those who want to know. Unbelievable. What you see now is, you know, what, what this holiday represents is what takes place underground. The foundation. All right, we'll talk about this. Have a great day, everybody. And uh, let's start thinking about what our lives rest on. What are the foundational principles that my life rests on? Okay, we'll talk about it. Gather it tomorrow. All right. Have a great day, everybody. And with God's help, can't wait to see you again tomorrow.